Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's oh, bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Should you break the law? Should you 
break the law. Should you become, let's let's think about what that means. Should you become a criminal? Different when you put that label on it, isn't it? We have an awesome show today, and I do mean awesome. We have a restaurant owner who told California's governor to go screw himself and opened his restaurant anyway, defying orders. We have him coming on. We have maybe, and you know I don't like to bring you down, but you have to hear it, maybe the saddest piece of audio I've ever played on the radio. It is a heavy one. I will warn you before I drop it on you. I'm not just going to play it out of nowhere, I promise. We have to discuss the enemy that's already here. And lastly, we're going to talk about a huge, huge advantage The left has over the right what we should do about it, what we could do about it. But it's still me. So let's still rewind first and see if we can't learn anything from the past. Billy the Kid. Well, well known. Everybody at least knows the name if they don't know the story And it did occur to me, I was talking to a friend about it last night, because I've always found old Western stuff to be fascinating. I'm a dude. I'm a dude. I find Western movies to be fascinating. I grew up watching John Wayne with my dad. The modern day great Western movies where they remade True Grit, which is somehow even better than the first one. Tombstone. Of course, every dude loves Tombstone. Every dude loves Tombstone. A lot of those characters in that show remind me of me, Chris. <laughs> All right, focus. But I love it. I love a Western story. And I love a story where somebody is constantly presented as the bad guy. And you look into the story more. And depending on what you view as the ultimate sin or the ultimate bad thing, maybe you can maybe you can say he wasn't the bad guy. Was Billy the Kid actually the bad guy? Let's let's cover things and you you tell me. First of all, he was the child of Irish immigrants. Why were there Irish immigrants back in the 1800s? A little something you'll remember from this show called the Potato Famine. Now, this is going to come into play later on in the story, so I'm going to backstory this for you just very, very, very briefly. Britain was in charge of Ireland. Ireland never would fully come to heal the way Britain wanted them to come to heal. These are very stubborn people. Unsurprisingly, because that's my heritage, very stubborn people. And Britain would slowly but surely take over lands. The Irish didn't have much, but they did have potatoes. That's how they existed. Then the potato crop fails and they start starving. I don't mean two or three people. I mean millions of them. A million people died I think it was 2 million in total. I may have that wrong. 2 million had to flee the country. A million of those came to the United States of America. Remember, they left poverty. They left starvation. And let's just say they didn't think too highly of the British. 
That's going to come into play in our story. Billy's parents, at least his mother, his father's a, a little murky. Billy's mother was an Irish immigrant. And when I say murky, let me clarify what happens. One thing I've really noticed. Somebody uttered the line one time, and since I have no idea who said it, and I don't research for the show, I'm simply going to say this line and act like I said it. But somebody else said, uh, one of the tragedies, I'm paraphrasing here, one of the tragedies of the poor, one of the, the byproducts of being poor, is you get forgotten. Not in this life, after you're long gone. There's no record of poor people's lives. Rich people always have a record. I mean, think about even what you have today. You're you're almost undoubtedly wealthy. You may not consider yourself to be so, but when you look at real poverty, trust me, you're probably wealthy. And look at what you have. Pick up your phone. How many pictures of your wife, husband, kids right there on your phone? Your life is probably laid out on Facebook They know when you got your job five years ago. You have a record of your life. Now think back in the day where you had to have letters. If you even got a photograph taken of you, it was a big deal. The poor get forgotten. So there are parts of Billy the Kid's life we don't know for sure. And what's funny is if he didn't get famous later on, we would have never known the guy existed. We think he was born in 1859. We don't know. We think his dad was with his mom, or he may have been an out-of-wedlock child. We don't know. But we do know mom was an Irish immigrant. And we know at one point in time, she decides to head west just her and Billy. Whether dad split, whether dad died, whether dad was never there, we don't know. But her and her young child, Billy, head west with other Irish immigrants with many other immigrants of every heritage. Understand, we are post-Civil War now. And the post-Civil War and pre-Civil War United States of America, we wanted to expand this nation and occupy the Western lands. We are very much still fighting Indian battles at this time. Big Indian battles. And like we've discussed before on the show, You occupy land once you buy it or it will cease to be yours. They had the West. They wanted it settled. They wanted railroads. They wanted wanted towns. They They wanted the West settled. So they were encouraging poor immigrants, head West, go. Billy the Kid and his mom head West. She links up with a complete... An utter dirtball, if history is being fair to the man. William Atrium is his name. He apparently was a teamster. Now, that's not a union. No, don't think of it like you're thinking of the union today. He was a guy who ran teams for people, for cattle trains heading west, for wagon trains heading west. That's just what he did. But he loved to gamble. He didn't love to work. He was apparently a dirtball, and mom was dying. She was dying of consumption, or as you would know it, tuberculosis. And tuberculosis was a huge problem back at this time. They didn't really have a great solution for it other than sending people to dry climates. Colorado was huge for this. Arizona, 
Apparently, I don't know, Chris. Apparently, apparently the dry climate is much, much better for tuberculosis, which I guess it makes sense than a humid climate. I, I don't know, Chris. I'm not a, I'm, I went to community college. I don't know. I don't have these answers as to why. For all I know, they were wrong. I, I, I don't know. But that, that was the thinking, at least back then. They find themselves in New Mexico. Only New Mexico isn't the state New Mexico yet. New Mexico is a territory. And there are some differences. One of them is your governor in a territory is appointed. Everybody doesn't get together and have a nice free and fair election. Your governor is appointed. The president of the United States, he's going to decide who's governor. But things start going south for young Billy in New Mexico. All right. What's this advantage the left has over us? I'll tell you later on. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. Doctors trusted CBD company. They do something I value a lot. They make my life easier. I mean, shouldn't shouldn't that be the goal with any company you do business with? You buy things from? They researched the entire CBD industry to make sure they only sell the best products, the tested products. Products like B-Best Organics, which is made in the USA. And I'm glad they did because I can't. Can you? Do you possess the knowledge? Do you have the time to research the entire industry? Of course you don't. I, I don't either. And I want more natural solutions for me, for my body. It's just better. Go see what I'm talking about. Go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com and check out the huge variety of products they have there. DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. While you're there, use the promo code JESSE. That gets you free shipping and 10% off. Billy and his mother and his dirtball stepfather settle in in New Mexico and settling in consisted of his mother working her fingers to the bone and his father getting hammer housed every night and spending what little money he made silver prospecting. Billy, on the other hand, really took to New Mexico. He did well in school, well thought of in school, and he loved Mexicans. New Mexico was not a predominantly white place at the time. New Mexico was full of Indians. It was full of Mexicans. And Billy just seemed to fit right in. Hung out in the Mexican part of town, enjoyed Mexican women, learned to speak fluent Spanish, loved the Mexican parties. And who doesn't love a Mexican party? I feel bad for you people who don't live in an area with enough Mexicans that you don't get to enjoy Cinco de Mayo party because that's as good as it gets, baby. Don't let me get distracted, Chris. We have a serious show. Don't forget, we have this chef coming on who, he's breaking the law right now. 
and he put out a video. I'm very worried for him. I've talked to him off air. I'll ask him some of these questions on air, but I'm worried he is going to get himself arrested. But he not only opened, put out a video saying, I'm open. Screw you. Come eat. I'm not losing everything for this. All right. Anyway, back to my story. Billy's mom dies when he's 15 years old. Stepfather, unsurprisingly, doesn't stick around to be a loving mentor, packs it up, packs it in, takes off, and now Billy is alone at 15 in in a place that's not even a state surrounded by a bunch of people he doesn't know. And if it sounds like I'm doing this thing where I'm setting up a gigantic excuse for his life, it's because I am. Okay, one, he's an outlaw, and that's kind of cool. And two, they they say he murdered all these people. I'm not seeing any murders in here. Or if you want to call some of these things we're going to get to murders, fine. Uh, I don't know that I would. All right, back to my story. Billy falls in with a local criminal with maybe the coolest name ever. I tried to get you more information on this guy. Sadly, there's nothing. He falls in with a local criminal by the name of Sombrero Jack. <laughs> I'm not making that up. That's awesome. Chris, are we, we probably can't add any more nicknames for me. Can we dang it? We have the Oracle. We have Shogun. Steel isn't a nickname. Remember, it's what I'm going to change my middle name to, so that doesn't count. There's no way we can add Sombrero Jesse to there, right? We could do it on Cinco de Mayo. That's a great call. Yes! That just happened. When is Cinco de Mayo? I'm just kidding. See? What? We can make jokes. Quit. He ends up being a lookout for Sombrero Jack when Sombrero Jack robs places. Gets arrested. Gets arrested, gets thrown in the clink, and there are these moments, and I've always found this to be amazing. You can look back oftentimes on your life or someone else's life, and you can, you can picture this one moment where if they'd done one thing differently, their life may have turned out different. And this was the moment for Billy the Kid. Remember, he's a, he's a teenager, 15, 16 years old, gets thrown in the clink by the local sheriff, but he's thrown in the clink for being a lookout for a petty crime. Even if he's guilty, they're just going to let him out soon, month or two. And not only were they going to let him out soon, the local sheriff, I believe his name was Whitehall. Don't quote me on that. I didn't look that up. The local sheriff loves Billy. He's well thought of in the community, well, well-mannered, well polite. It's not like he was in there being abused. And yet Billy the Kid, I mean, he couldn't help but be Billy the Kid. He chooses to escape. He's a very small human being, a very small human being. He escapes up the chimney. I'm not making this up. Uh, now, that's too claustrophobic for, for me. He pulls the reverse Santa Claus and escapes from prison up the chimney where he was going to be let out soon anyway, even if he was found guilty. And now you're a fugitive from the law. Takes off. Has no horse. 
has no supplies, has no mother, has no father, has no place to go, takes off on foot across the wilderness. And remember, the wilderness is an inhospitable place today, especially in southwestern United States of America, where the temperatures are 9 million degrees approximately. Now, let's go ahead and add in some Apache Indians who will who will bury you alive and then pour fire ants on your head if they find you. I'm not making that up. The Apache were infamous torturers. The Apaches, this is the age of Geronimo. The Apaches are tearing through the southwest at this time. Indians are routinely a problem. Billy sets off on foot with nothing, including no water. Somehow lives... As he gets across this desert and gets a job as a clerk on a ranch. He's just trying to get by. It's not obviously a high-end job. He's not a high-end dude. He's trying to survive. Starts figuring out he's not a terrible gambler. And he starts gambling at a saloon. And... While I certainly will be the last person in the history of the world to lecture anybody on hanging out in a bar, I did way too much of that in my lifetime, which is why I can hardly form sentences today. But your environment, the environment you choose to throw yourself in, has such a huge effect on your life. And you don't want to think it does, right? I don't want to think it does. I'm the the master of my domain. I don't adjust to the environment around me. They adjust to me. I'm basically the sun, Chris. The the world. We all have egos. We all, even if you're not, even if you don't have an obnoxious ego like me, we think on those terms. I'll be fine. Who cares? No, the truth is the people you hang around affect you. The environment you live in affects you. This is a bitter pill to swallow, but if you are in some crazy leftist city, you probably are going to be affected in ways by that. And vice versa. If you're in the wilderness of Wyoming, you're going to be affected in some ways by that. And the values around you, the culture around you, even if it doesn't change who you are, it may change how you act. It may change how you speak. Don't don't discount that. The people you're around, the environment you're around, it affects you. And this is a young, impressionable, still teenage young man starts finding himself in the saloon. I'm sure starts to taste whiskey for the first time. I've been a young man at that age before. I'm sure starts looking at a, a girl or two, not the kind you'd bring home to mom. Starts dabbling in the side of life that can really get you in trouble. What else gets a man in trouble worse than booze and women? Maybe money. Of those three things, pretty much that sums it up. And he starts hanging around criminals because he's gambling in a saloon. And these criminals start bringing him under their wing. They like him. He is notoriously a charming, likable young man. All right. The enemy is here. 
already, and I don't think we talk about it enough. We have that a little later on in the show. Hang on. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. The enemy is here already. It's creepy to me how our government is not only not doing anything about it, they seem to be working with them. I'll explain what I mean in just a few. Let's try to wrap up Billy the Kid, which may be difficult because I love this. Falls in with the wrong crowd as he's gambling. Mom's dead. Starts stealing horses. Stealing horses is... Not uncommon, but this is a different era, remember? Stealing horses, they'll hang you for that. You can die for stealing horses and cattle. Because we don't use horses on a daily basis, 99% of us don't use horses on a daily basis. We don't realize what a big deal the horse was, but the horse was Everything at this time. And the more of them you had, the more wealthy you were. (laughs) Chris said in Texas, you're still legally allowed to hang someone who stole your horse. You know, they still have all these old laws that haven't been repealed. This was common. That's not a wild, crazy Texas thing. It was the death penalty. You steal someone's horse. It's a big deal. Starts doing that. Buys himself a weapon. Starts practicing with said weapon. Remember that old saying from that movie, Man on Fire, that I love? I'm going to stop crediting the movie and just start taking credit myself. Can I do that, Chris? It's my show. The line is, there's no such thing as tough. There's trained and there's untrained. Billy starts training himself with a weapon. He enjoys it. And let's be honest with ourselves. There's a touch of little man syndrome going on here. He's hanging around the saloon. He's hanging around a bunch of rough, tough desperados. And not only is he 16, 17 years old, he's small. He's a notoriously small human being. 
if you're going to do that and hang out in that crowd, you better find some way to make them fear you. And he turns out to be really, really good with a handgun. Really good. He's really fast. He's really accurate. That's not just one of these legends. The dude can handle a weapon. Now, there's a blacksmith in town. His name was Cahill. Blacksmithing is a fascinating, fascinating thing. I still find it to be fascinating to this day. But a blacksmith, especially back then, was hard physical labor. Very hard physical labor. Rough work. And if you are a blacksmith for any length of time, you are going to become physically very, very, very strong. Cahill was a big man. And he used to love calling Billy the Kid names in the bar, trying to bully him. One day, they get into it and fully into it, and Cahill body slams Billy the Kid to the ground and jumps on top of him, starts slapping him around and beating the crap out of him. Only this is a new day and age for Billy the Kid manages to get an arm free and get a hand on his gun. And now Cahill's dead. Well, let's pause here for a moment in my hour-long defense of a a murderer today. Is that murder? I, I wasn't there. I don't know if he felt his life was in danger. I will tell you. Especially if somebody bigger than you significantly has you pinned down to the ground, pounding on your head, you are in officially a deadly situation by my account. I I certainly don't think you can call that cold-blooded murder what Billy did. Maybe you can argue he went too far. I would say to you, what's he supposed to do? If you're getting the crap kicked out of you by somebody you give up 100 pounds to, you have precious few options. Anyway, we're not we're done defending murderers today, Chris. Billy shoots him. Billy does get charged with murder for this, which I I, I think that is so blatantly unfair, but he boogies out of town. Now, remember, New Mexico is a different place. Remember, it's a territory, not a state. Governor's appointed. I should have laid something else out about New Mexico. Because it's a territory, the law kind of exists and kind of doesn't. There are sheriffs. We'll get to that in a moment. One of them's about to die. There are sheriffs here. But really, at this point in time, New Mexico is essentially an oligarchy. There are wealthy, wealthy people buying up the entire state and controlling everything in the state. There is a ranch in Lincoln County, New Mexico. Lincoln County was like a fifth of the state. It was gigantic. There's a ranch called the Murphy Dolan Ranch. You know the best part about this Billy the Kid show, Chris, is we're on in Albuquerque, just this awesome station in Albuquerque, and somebody is going to be a Billy the Kid expert there, and I'm going to screw something up, and they're going to tear me apart for this whole thing. <laughs> it's never happened yet, but they might. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You're welcome to yell at me 
there's so much legend around the guy. I did try to sort through as many things as possible to figure out what I could give you as an actual fact. But this everything I'm giving you today is stuff that I believe to be true from what we've seen. Anyway, New Mexico, Murphy Dolan Ranch. Murphy and Dolan are Irish immigrants. Remember back to the beginning of the show, we were talking about that Irish-British tension. It's about to come back into play here. They're Irish immigrants. They own this humongous ranch, all these beef cattle, and they sell the beef cattle to the army. This is a time when the armed forces are very active in places like New Mexico trying to fight off the Indians, trying to get the Apaches under heel. I love the Apaches. We need to do a show. on them. They're like my favorite. They're awesome. So they're trying to bring in the Apaches, trying to get the Apaches uh, brought in. And these guys are selling the army, so they have a contract with the army, a lucrative one, selling them beef. Men got to eat. But it, it was more than that. And I pray to God you never live in a place like this, even though in some way you already do. But these guys control much more than a cattle ranch and the beef prices. They own the town. When I say own the town, you're shopping in the Murphy Dolan General Store. You're buying booze from the Murphy Dolan Bar. You're getting your horseshoes made at the Murphy Dolan Blacksmith. Who do you think the sheriff around there really works for? His name was Sheriff Brady. He worked for Murphy Dolan. This is an area, and these things have existed throughout history, where these men are the law. They are everything. And people who have that kind of power, complete control of an area, will do anything to keep it. Guess who shows up now? Who would be the one type of person to show up to these Murphy Dolan guys and drive them absolutely murderous with rage. Who would that person be? I'll tell you in a second. Also, remember, I'm going to give you a warning later on. We may do this in 10 minutes, maybe in 20 minutes. I'm going to give you a warning. But we have what I consider to be the saddest audio we have ever played on this show. It is. I don't even have a heart. And it was heart-wrenching. Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) 
Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Jesse Kelly. Oh, yeah. What's the worst thing that could show up for a couple of rich Irish immigrants who seized control over Lincoln County? A British dude, a rich British dude, Henry Tunstall, shows up. He's a banker. The guy apparently has more money than God. And he, I don't know the man, I don't know his motivations, but he decides... He's going to go ahead and get in on this whole cattle ranching thing. And remember, Murphy Dolan aren't just businessmen. They have muscle around them. They have guns around them. They have the sheriff. Now, Billy rolls into town. Billy is still Billy. Billy is still a thief. Remember, he's on the run for the, from the law at this point for murder, even though I say he's innocent. But he's on the run from the law. He steals a cow or cattle, I don't know how many, and he happens to steal from Henry Tunstall. Tunstall doesn't want him charged. Instead, hires him. Hires him, brings him in, to one, provide security because Tunstall's not an idiot. He knows the other Murphy Dolan guys want, want him dead. He wants Billy to work security and work as a cowboy on his ranch. And Billy does and loves it. It was very difficult work. Working, the cowboy stuff looks a lot better in the movies than it is in real life. It's tough work. Cold, hot, crappy food. Sleeping on the ground at night. It's, it's, it's a rough life. Billy does very well, and Tunstall treats him like gold. Billy's famous for saying he was the only man who ever treated me right. Billy loves this guy like a father. They were actually very close to the same age, if memory serves me, but Billy loves this guy like a father. Remember I said the sheriff was corrupt and owned? His name was Brady. The sheriff gets a court order. Remember, sheriff, court order. This is all legal. Sheriff gets a court order to confiscate all the horses and cattle on Henry Tunstall's land. Tunstall sees this, freaks out. I don't know about freaks out, but he says to himself, this is unjust. Got to be some kind of misunderstanding. And in an all-time bonehead move, Tunstall, by himself, rides into town. Tunstall runs into the good Sheriff Brady and his posse. And by the time the Sheriff and the posse ride away, Henry Tunstall's dead. 
Billy the Kid loses his mind. His buddies, they call themselves the regulators. That's not just from the movie. That's really what they called themselves. His buddies also lose their minds, and they vow revenge. Now, revenge is great for the movies, not so great in your life or my life, but they set up an assassination of a sheriff. Not exactly the kind of thing you or I push for normally, right? But who are you rooting for so far in this story? Don't lie. I know. The regulators set up an ambush behind a wall in town. Wait for Sheriff Brady and boom, boom, boom. Sheriff dead and one of his deputies dead. Now Billy the Kid is not only wanted for murder, he's wanted for murder of two law enforcement officers. Uh Uh-oh. It's a very big deal. They finally corner Billy and the regulators in the home of a man named McSween. He He was a friend of the family. The sheriff, all these guys, they have the place surrounded for a couple days. During this time, another sheriff's deputy is killed. They blame that one on Billy the Kid, too. I'm not sure whether that's accurate or not. It could have been. He was probably the best guy with the gun, but somebody else died in there. The sheriff's department realizes they're probably a little outgunned here. And where do they go for help? They go to the military base where they're supplying the cattle and request military help and get it. The military comes in with the freaking high-powered weapons. Eventually, McSween gets gunned down himself. The house gets set on fire. But, I mean, the guy is, no wonder he's such a great movie character. I don't know how you escape from a home that's surrounded by the U.S. military. Billy the Kid gets out. He finds a way to escape. He hides out with the Latino community. Like I said, he's always felt at home there. Spoke the language. And remember, how well do you think the poorer Latino farmers were treated by the Murphy Dolan thing? They hated these oligarchs. So you didn't have to go far if you're Billy the Kid to get treated like some conquering hero. He's the first guy fighting back, isn't he? All right, we have one more great tale before we wrap this up today. And the advantage the left has over us. Hang on. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger, put it in the glove box, 
Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I warned you at the beginning of the show you were going to find yourself rooting for the bad guy a little bit today. At this point in time, if you didn't already know the story of Billy the Kid, you're probably cheering. Well, you're not going to start cheering. You're not going to stop cheering for Billy. At this point, once you get in a shootout with the local sheriff, you're gunning down law enforcement officers and the United States military gets involved in a shootout, that is going to draw attention. Yes, even in the 1800s, it's going to draw lots of attention. President of the United States of America starts really, really looking into this whole New Mexico territory situation and doesn't like what he sees. Tells the governor there, you are gone. Tells another man named Wallace, okay, you're the governor now. Get all this stuff cleaned up out here. But it's about to get dirtier. Hang on. Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Oh, boy. Somber audio we have to play, Chris. I, I'm almost. Do we want to play it now? You know what we're going to do, Chris? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to play this somber audio here in just a second before I finish the Billy the Kid story because the Billy the Kid story, the end of it is really cool. And so here's here, I want you to know what I'm thinking, Chris. Nobody else can hear me right now, right? I want you to know what I'm thinking. I consider myself to be basically Leonardo. Um, what? What? Isn't he the one that made the sculpture things? I don't know. I went to community college. But I, I'm I'm molding the audience with my hands. Why are you rolling your eyes? And what we're going to do is, if I have to bring everybody down with this audio, then I'll bring them right back up again because I am the potter and they are the clay. Chris? What? What's your problem is? So listen to me before I play it in all seriousness. This is, it's a video going around and we are going to put the video up 
on our social media page. You can follow it on Twitter at Jesse Kelly Show. I obviously have my own separate Twitter, but that's the show's Twitter page at Jesse Kelly Show. So if you want to see the video of this, and I would recommend you go look at it, you can go follow us at Jesse Kelly Show. This is a lady, obviously a bar owner in California. You aren't going to be able to see it when she points out what they have allowed in L.A., but what she's pointing out is when she says, like, look at this, what she's pointing out is a sea of outdoor tents with tables and chairs set up inside of them. And then you'll hear her say, you'll hear her basically point to her business, which looks like it's about 75, 100 feet away where they closed her outdoor dining. But more than what you see, I wanted you to hear this. I thought about not playing, but I wanted you to hear this. Listen to this woman's voice. Listen to this woman's voice. This is what we've allowed these dirt balls to do to us. So this is my place, the Pineapple Hill Grill and Saloon. If you go to my page, you can see all the work I did for outdoor dining for tables being seven feet apart. And I come in today because I'm organizing a protest and I walk into my parking lot and obviously Mayor Garcetti has approved this being set up for a movie company. I'm losing everything. Everything I own is being taken away from me. And they set up a movie company right next to my outdoor patio, which is right over here. And people wonder why I'm protesting and why I have had enough. They have not given us money and they have shut us down. We cannot survive. My staff cannot survive. Tell me that this is dangerous, but right next to me as a slap in my face, that's safe. This is safe 50 feet away. This is dangerous. Mayor Garcetti and Gavin Newsom is responsible for every single person that doesn't have unemployment, that does not have a job, and all the businesses that are going under. And we need your help. We need somebody to do something about this. That's tough, man. That is, uh, that sound fake to you? What a disgrace. And you know what? I'll get to that after I finish my Bill of the Kids story. I may even play it again because now my blood is just boiling and I'm ready to choke somebody. Back to Billy the Kid. Chris, get focused. Billy the Kid. There's a new governor. Governor Wallace takes over the New Mexico Territory and promises immunity for everybody. Everyone can have immunity. Come on in. Come on in and testify. He gives Billy the Kid, or at least Billy the Kid thinks he's given. There's dispute about whether he was actually given it. He gives Billy the Kid immunity as well. Come on in. Testify against Murphy. Testify against Dolan. Testify about the things they've been doing. And Billy the Kid does. Rolls in. This is a man after justice. And then Governor Wallace leaves town. And promptly drops the whole thing against Murphy and Dolan. You see, this is the moment that really brought me home to so much of where we are today. 
that moment of you always think you're constantly teased by you're just about to get some justice. I promise it's right around the corner. Maybe with this happening or this election or this attorney general, you're all but it's almost there. And it's never really there. It never comes. We'll talk to Sean Davis about that in Durham and all this stuff. But Billy chooses to stay in New Mexico, though. He still steals cattle. He is on the war path against the Murphy Dolan guys. Eventually, he is jailed. And he is jailed. And because he is officially, remember, a cop killer, he is going to be hanged or hung. I don't know words. I'm not sure which one you're supposed to use there, Chris. Eventually says he has to use the outhouse, goes and uses the outhouse. He is shackled. He turns as he's going back into the prison. I still don't know how this little runt pulled this off, but he tackles the guard, takes the guard's pistol away from him, and once Billy the Kid has a pistol, you're in a great deal of trouble. He shoots the guard dead. Well, the guy who was really running things at this sheriff, I forget his last name. His first name was Bob, and he was a world-class jerk, apparently, always abusing Billy, just a jerk. Billy the Kid knows that Bob is really close by and he's going to have heard the shot. So Billy the Kid runs upstairs, grabs a double-barrel shotgun from the second floor and waits for Bob to come running across the street, which Bob does come running across the street. And Billy so famously looks out the window and yells, Hello, Bob, and blows him out of the water. (laughs) That's not funny, Chris. Dang it. There's a new sheriff in town, though, and his name is Pat Garrett. He is familiar with Billy the Kid. He knows the places to look, and Billy the Kid is still remembered just a kid. He likes a girl. Her name is Paulita Maxwell. Like many young girls, she has a father, a father not too thrilled that the guy his daughter's into happens to be the most famous outlaw in the United States of America. Her father goes to the sheriff and tells him, I know where he'll be. And sure enough, Billy the Kid is shacking up with Paulita Maxwell. Garrett shows up, has another deputy there. Billy does hear something. Garrett, though, hides in the dark, in the room in the dark with with the Maxwell father. Billy goes to the door, says, who's there? Senses something wrong, so he backs into the door. Now, this part is disputed. Nobody wants to be the guy who shot a man in the back, especially if you want to be a famous sheriff. You want to have a glorious shootout where it was touch and go, but, but you got him. The common belief, though, is Billy backed into a dark room where the Maxwell father whispers to Pat Garrett, that's him, and Pat Garrett shoots him in the back dead. And that's the story of Billy the Kid. Now, let me ask you something. Obviously, you can quibble. You and I can quibble about Parts of that story, things we think Billy probably should have done differently, the way he should have conducted himself. But 
What do you think about following the law? What situation are we in here in America in 2020? We're going to talk about these things. You may even play that audio again. Hang on. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two, be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.